Hello and welcome back to the Dante in a Year podcast. My name is Danny Fitzpatrick, and today we're jumping into Canto 9 of my new translation of Dante's Inferno. The translation, which is published by Enroute Books, is available through Amazon. You can also order signed copies directly from me. Last time we crossed the Swamp of Styx, and now we find Virgil and Dante waiting for help outside the gates of Dis, which demons have shut against them. The Furies appear and summon Medusa, but an angel comes to open Dis. Dante and Virgil then advance to the burning graves of those who put forth heresy in life. Here's Dante's Inferno, Canto 9. That color cowardice painted me without, on seeing my leader turn about, restrained him most immediately. Attentive, he stopped, as a man who listens. For the eye could not lead long through the black air and through the thick mist. And yet it falls to us to win this fight, he commenced. If not, such was offered us. Oh, how late to me is the other who joins us. I saw well how he recovered his commencement with the other that came after, words far diverse from those first. But nonetheless his speech drew fear, for I took his broken words with meaning worse than what they held. Into this depth of the dismal basin, do any ever descend from the first slope where the only pain is hope cinctured? I gave this question and he responded, Rarely it occurs that any of us makes the passage I am on. It's true that I went here once, conjured by that cruel Erichtho who recalled the shades to their bodies. Briefly was the body naked of me when that one made me go within this wall to draw out a spirit from the circle of Judas. That is the basest place and the most obscure, and the farthest from that heaven that girds all. Well, I know the way, so make yourself secure. This stew that breathes the great stench swells about the doleful city. We'll not be able to enter now without ire. And he said more, but I don't have it in mind, for my eyes were wholly drawn toward the tall tower and its roving peak, wherein one burning point had risen erect, three infernal furies stained in blood, with women's limbs and shapes, and belted with greenest hydras. They had for hair little serpents and seraphs, clinging in place of their fiery temples. And he, who well recognized the wretches of the queen of the eternal lament, said to me, Look, the furious Erinyes, this is Megara on the left hand, that crying out on the right is Electo, Tisiphone is in the middle, and with such was silent. Each with her own claws rent her breast, they beat themselves with their palms and shrieked on high, so that I strained toward the poet for support. Let Medusa come, we'll make him stone, they all said, regarding me below. What evil that we couldn't avenge Theseus's assault. Turn back and keep your eyes closed, for if the gorgon shows itself and you should see, no hope of your return above remains. So spoke the master, and he himself turned me, and not content with my hands, and closed me also with his own. O you who have sane intellects, marvel at the doctrine that absconds beneath the veil of these strange verses. And now came above the turbid waves a fracas of a sound, full of dread, by which both shores trembled, not otherwise than that made by wind raging with greedy heat, which savages the woods and without a bit held back shatters the limbs, fells them and bears them off. Superb it goes on in its roving plume, and puts to flight the beasts and the shepherds. 
he loosed my eyes and said, Now flick the whip of sight across that antique scum to there where that fume is sharpest. As the frogs before the enemy snake all dispel themselves across the water till each is beached at the edge of the earth, so I watched a thousand souls destroyed and more flee ahead of one who passed above the sticks with souls still dry. He cleared away the gross air from his face, often waving his left hand before him, and it appeared alone of that anguish to weary him. Well, it occurred to me that he was sent from heaven, and I turned myself to the master, and he made a sign that I keep quiet and inclined to him. Ah, how full he seemed to me of disdain. He came to the door and with a crook opened it, such that there was no restraint. Oh, you cast from heaven, people despised, he began in the horrible threshold. Whence this insolence you breed in yourselves? Why put your souls to that will from which the end is never able to be cut, and which so often has increased your pain? What good is it to butt against the fates? Your Cerberus, you well recall, still bears baldness on his chin and throat. Then he turned away along the lurid street, and made us no remark, but gave the semblance of a man strained and urged by other cares than those of him before him. And we moved our feet toward the land, secured by the holy words. We entered in without another war, and I, who had desire to regard the state that such a fortress shut, once I was within, turned envious eyes, and I saw on every hand a great plain, full of pain and of rich torment. So as at Arles, where stands the Rhone, so as at Pola, hard upon Quarnero, that closes Italy and bathes her bounds, sepulchres make all the place uneven. So here they were in every part, except that there was even greater sorrow. For among the graves were spread flames, such that all were lit with heat more than iron is before it's wrought. All their covers lay open, and out of them came such harsh laments that clearly came of misery and offense. And I, Master, who are these people who, sepulchred within these arks, make known their sorrows with sighs? And he to me, Here are the heresiarchs with their followers of every sect, and these tombs are charged with more than you'd believe. Here like with like is entombed, and the monuments burn more and less. And then, when he turned to the right hand, we passed between the tortures and the tall ramparts. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. See you next time for Dante's Inferno, Canto 10.